0: welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. We're doing our mid-January Kentucky Derby's list look, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be going through the runners that are part of this Kentucky Derby future wager that's open now and runs through, uh, through this Sunday, the 22nd. We're going to put this piece up on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, and it's still the weekend this thing drops. You can move over to InTheMoneyPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast to also hear our analysis of this Saturday's Golden Hour pick. four. elsewhere, we're going to have analysis of the Coast to Coast wagers. Lots of stuff as ever going on here at the In The Money Media Network. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, coming to you from the Brooklyn Bunker once again. And joined by a man coming to us from the planet texas no not that guy the other guy from the planet texas that we always have on these shows from in the moneypodcast.com he is nick tamaro nick what's going on doing great Pete. trying to hold
1: off a sneeze as everybody
0: can see and, uh, that's <laughs> tuning in so you got to oh, use the old, well theater trick. the old theater trick you 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 put your tongue on the roof of your mouth and you like you like rub it as hard as you can or you hit the mute button and you sneeze away you know you got you got options in the modern era doesn't do the video any good, but yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Speaking of the video, we're going to give an opportunity here—a little contest. Um, you can win a twenty-dollar free bet on this Kentucky Derby future wager. Leave a comment with the horse that you would bet or that you want to bet, and then we'll pick—we'll pick somebody at random. There you go. We'll pick somebody there at random, go. and I'll reach out. Uh, I'll reach out Sunday morning. And give that person the bet. And then we'll we'll do some uh, you know what, just for fun, we'll do some runner-ups, we'll give out some free months of uh in the money plus, which we've had some good content on lately. And uh, and you know, we'll do that as well. So just leave a comment on the YouTube video. If you're listening, head over to the In the Money Media YouTube channel, just search for in the money media over on youtube.com if you're you know a bit of a luddite and don't know what i mean instantly um and uh pop that comment in there and we'll we'll give out some stuff because that's always fun too and you get the conversation going in the comments and that drives people to to watch and listen as well not a bad thing so we're going to start off by going we're going to use the future wager as our guide um and we've never done this before you know we 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 have decided, and I've said this on other shows, we're being more Derby-focused this year. It's a case of giving the people what they want. You know, we know from the surveys, we know from the traffic that, you know, the Derby really um, drives a lot of interest, and we're going to embrace that this year instead of being a little old-fashioned and saying, we don't want to do it until after the mile and an eighth preps are run. We're taking a different approach this year. Hopefully it's not just going to help us do a deeper dive on the Derby, but it's going to help us find some winners along the way. We've got um, – in the main, what, is it two main derby preps this weekend? One is an allowance race at Fairgrounds, and the other is the LeCompte. We'll inevitably talk about those along the way. Also going to have a special show on the plus side. Um, I got to secure, make sure he's still around. I talked to him earlier in the week. Frank McGowie going to be joining us over there. If you want to learn more about In The Money Plus, you can go to In plus. But enough uh, business side of things. Let's dive in, and we're going to start off talking about uh, – a horse called angel of Empire who ran very well in a fast-looking race um, but this was the victory formation race his stable mate um, so it's uh, it I'm not sure from here if I can tell you many reasons why angel of Empire is gonna get better than that one the other interesting thing I noted just looking at the Angel of Empire PPS thought it was a little odd that this horse started at a mile and then went to turf in start two though that could have just been because of the big purchase purses at Kentucky Downs jury very much out on Angel of Empire for me Nick do you you have any interest in this one at this stage yeah the old
1: $253,000
0: allowance at Kentucky Downs
1: certainly is going to lure a few you know looked like Brad Cox's secondary player in that uh, Smarty Jones and ran like a secondary player but ran very well to be second so you know no harm in in taking a look at Angel of Empire as a horse that might be interesting for a bet maybe in the Rebel or a race similar to that sort, looks very hard to imagine that he'll be any kind of real factor on the Derby Trail, though.
0: Sounds right. Why don't we go every other one here? You want to lead the discussion on on uh, the horse? You see the brisk PP on the screen now, Arctic Arrogance?
1: Yeah, so the Broman uh, homebred, New York bred Arctic Arrogance comes in with consecutive runner-up finishes at Aqueduct, uh, both of which featured pretty confident lookbacks from Jose Lascano at the quarter pole only to be out finished each time. I'm interested in this horse running back in the withers to see how he performs. Uh, Linda Rice is pretty adamant that distance is his friend. I'm just a left a wanting
0: a little bit from, from those last two. I think I want to see blinkers for Arctic arrogance at this point. Um, it just feels like maybe something that would move this horse forward in a race like that. We'll see what happens. Nick, I have this feeling that you and I are going to be dead and buried and Linda Rice is still going to be waiting on word of her appeal.
1: There's no question about it. There's uh we, we, we might see four Olympics before Linda Rice uh, <laughs> Linda Rice ends up getting her appeal handled.
0: Number three in the betting for this wager is banishing this uh, Brendan Walsh trainee, impressive maiden winner back on boxing day, coming off an impossible trip on probably the wrong part of the track on debut. Interestingly, not back. Uh, no, this horse is one of the ones in the allowance race, right? So we'll, we'll learn a lot more about, about banishing this weekend, or is this horse off this weekend?
1: Um, You know, I, I will admit, a little neglect there in not seeing whether he was in the allowance race. He is in the allowance race. He is in the ninth on Saturday at uh, at Fairgrounds. He is in there with um, two other horses actually that are on this list, including Tappet's Conquest and Tappet's Shoes, both from Brad Cox's barn. And um, he is the two to one morning line favorite, Determinedly, who beat. Uh, One of the horses we're going to talk about a little later on is in there as well. So very, very interesting allowance race. And if you remember correctly, there was an allowance race last year on LeCompte Day that featured a a faster final time than the LeCompte. It was a race that was won by a horse named Cyberknife. (laughs)
0: went on to have some uh, impact on the, on the trail. Yeah. This is one I want to see. And this is a horse I think is uh, you know, there's more questions than answers at this point, but it has a cool pedigree and you know, looks like the the deserving favorite in that salty looking allowance race. And we'll, you know, we'll learn a lot more as we go forward.
1: Yeah. Sort of a good, bad Godolphin pedigree, right? A lot of good names in it, but not really a lot of production. I'm not all that concerned about that. I'll admit, Pete, I thought this horse was really good in his maiden win. He had push-button acceleration. He got to the lead. I thought Brian Hernandez Jr. switched him off. It was the odd route on Timeform US that was fast, early, slow, middle, and then he finished up relatively well, all things considered. So he's a very interesting horse and one that looks
0: like distance will be no issue. Yeah, you can see that same dynamic playing out on the Briss pace figures. I'll admit, I don't use the Briss pps very often but i love the way they look at the world with the the par figures up top and then showing you the the e1 e2 um and lp in addition to the final time why don't you bring us forward with the next horse who people will be familiar with
1: yeah next one ups blazing sevens grade one winner having taken the champagne last year in the slop and uh, was a good fourth all things considered in the juvenile and look the way verifying came back and ran in his uh, three-year-old debut there's reason to believe that horses like Blazing Sevens have a forward move in them. Slight concern at this point, no works. I know we're in a no no work at this point situation with Forte as well, so it's probably by design, but it sure would be nice to see Blazing Sevens get to the track relatively soon. I would imagine that Chad Brown is looking at a a two prep type of approach so we might not see him anyway until a race like the fountain of youth or potentially the risen star which is where he ran zandon i think you could probably pencil in the zandon schedule for blazing sevens of course i mean the fountain of youth is only six weeks away so we're going to need to see blazing sevens
0: back on the work tab soon Yeah, very, very soon, I would think. I mean, I suppose the biggest question here is that in the big win did get a great setup and that was a sloppy track. But as you point out, the BC Juvenile run was pretty good, all things considered. You can see there on screen, the 100 late pace number on Briss, and that was a new top. So if this is a developing horse, I mean, again, like we're going to say this about so many of these, the jury is out, but very interesting. And, you know, we're going to have more information in short order as it pertains to Blazing Sevens. We could talk about the Keith DeSormo trainee confidence game next won The maiden at Churchill allowed to clear very easily um, look good enough. There has worked. Okay. Since need to see a bunch more from this horse. I would say um, I guess my negative comment would be has had so many more starts than most of these might be a bit exposed at this point to get like too excited about.
1: Yeah. Super interesting. Damn side pedigree being out of a blue son who of course is a, a sister of of Zenyatta. So there's a lot of distance in play here, you know, feels like a horse that's probably a, a slightly better version of Keith De Sormo's upset winner in 2022. Uh, call me midnight, different running style completely. I hope that where, when, when he runs in the Lecomte tomorrow, they're aggressive with him as they were last time out. One thing I'll say about this horse, he's gotten the worst of it pace wise on multiple occasions and really hasn't run all that bad other than the Iroquois when he was a little bit too close and wide chasing that pace, probably not a Derby horse, but a better horse than he looks on paper
0: I can accept that I can accept that notion um take us through to the next one,
1: yeah, Corona bolts up next, the son of Boldoro, who's two for two, uh, took the sugar bowl at second, asking, I think he's a little dressed up. I thought uh, he's taken advantage of some slow paces in each of his first two starts, so I'm not a particularly big fan the uh Uh, interestingly brad cox stretching out with graded stakes horses on dirt i know this is not applicable as far as a future wager goes 16 percent with just an 88 cent roi not something that brad does all that great so we'll see where corona bolt ends up landing i get the feeling pete that ultimately distance wise this horse tops out at about seven to eight furlongs
0: that's interesting i mean the and and this is horse that's going to be bet Off the giant you know 97 buyer and you're you're making some good cases about why that might not be that relevant i will point out this one working with jace's road who we'll get to in a little bit curly jack is up next this is a tough horse and a horse you'd love to own a hard trier this horse that's run six times and the figures are all in a pretty narrow band that make it hard for me to see the improvement that would be needed to beat the fastest of these in a race like the Kentucky Derby still though hard trying horses like this still strike me as ones that you know may have a valuable prize somewhere um, on his resume forward at some stage I just can't really make you a case it would be the Kentucky Derby until he gets uh, considerably faster than, than what we've seen but you know I don't mean to denigrate what we've seen from this horse either.
1: No, seems unlikely. He takes a big step forward at three, given how exposed his form is. Um, I think he's definitely outrun expectations by good magic out of Connie and Michael who finished third in the, uh, the mother goose and her best effort. This is a horse who upset the Iroquois came back and, and disappointed a tad in the juvenile with maybe an overly aggressive ride. I like that Tom Amos is trying to, to kind of race him into a spot. He's already back working in advance of his three-year-old debut. I'll give you an interesting stat. How many starts has Tom Amos had in three year old graded stakes races for Colts pre derby in the last five years? How many? Just how many starts total? How many starts total?
0: I mean, I would have thought it would have been a fairly sizable number. Five. (laughs)
1: Really? Started territory for Tom Amos. Yeah, I mean, excellent trainer, just not somebody that's had a lot of really. big-time three-year-old Colt, you have to go back to Mo Tom to get a horse that, that was really on the trail for him. So not to say that Tom can't have a horse ready in a situation like this, but it's, uh, it's, it's something where, you know, he's just not been down this road all that often.
0: That's interesting. I mean, it suggests somebody who's not interested in just being there to be there. He goes right. when the horse takes him, and this horse certainly has the resume to to try moving forward and 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 we'll see and that term for those that don't know when you talk about a horse being exposed it just means we have a really good sense of what they are and how good they are based on the number of rate based on what they've shown us on the track and when you see you know again that fairly narrow band of speed figures it's even we're looking at the bris it's even more narrow on on the buyer scale it just gives us a little bit of a, a little bit of skepticism if the needed improvement will be there but you know these horses surprise us uh, all the time
1: on a uh, who I think is a really interesting horse, Cyclone Mischief, who came back out of the Kentucky Jockey Club to win a one other than at Gulfstream. It had the look of a bit of a salty one other than. It featured the impressive debut winner, Rudder's Men, Uh, from aqueduct as well as an impressive debut winner in litigate who we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes but it was cyclone mischief's day and he looked like a winner every step of the way very impressive run Uh, dale romans uh, slated to bring him back in the holy bull the first weekend of february Uh, this is a horse who ran you know by modern standards, somewhat frequently as a two-year-old and now comes back for an early season three-year-old tilt. I'll give you my Kentucky Jockey Club opinion now because I think this is probably the most appropriate time to do it other than when we talk about instant coffee. I really had a hard time figuring out what to do with the Kentucky Jockey Club because it had the it had a very weird look to it. It was slow on the final time because the pace was exceptionally slow. in watching that race numerous times and now analyzing the horses coming out of it, I think it was one of those slow paced races that drastically hurt the speed horses. They allowed the late runners to get way too close. They turned this thing into a quarter mile sprint and a horse like cyclone mischief is at a decided disadvantage against a horse like uh, instant coffee or even Dennington, when you're talking about a quarter mile sprint with only a half to three quarter length advantage. So we've seen Western Ghent come back and run well. We've seen Cyclone Mischief come back and run well. I'm going to be very intrigued with how the, the closers run versus how the horses that were up on the pace were run. And I think, unfortunately, we missed the wedding with Cyclone Mischief at five and a half to one in his next start, but you really want to upgrade the horses that were close to the pace that day.
0: We don't compare notes before the show but this is just funny I'll read it right from my notes not sure exactly what was going on when he went away so tamely two back but it's conceivable he's the type better off going faster early and he improved so much last time I think he's one of the more interesting runners we're going to talk about on the show today going forward and you know maybe I'm influenced a little bit by uh, how enthusiastic uh, the inimitable Dale Romans is about this one but I but I mean this is a this is a serious racehorse who's definitely uh definitely worthy of of thinking about what do they let's see it's up on the screen there now what do they hang on this horse on the 41 yeah 41 41. on the morning line only fly in the ointment i would say
1: is that he was treated with lasix in the one other than win we'll see if he's as productive maybe without it but uh yeah i mean you see on the screen a big jump in brisnet speed figures of 18 points he improved 11 points on the buyer scale and if you're around a 90 in january of your three-year-old season i think you're ultimately in the conversation
0: I want to take a second to put in a plug for Eric DeCoster and the work that he and Eric Solomon have been doing over on inthemoneypodcast.com. He's got an analysis of this uh, of this market as well. And I love the way he grouped the horses and uh, has some, you know, uh, very astute comments in there. Everybody should go and check that one out as well. Maybe I'll pop that in the, in the show notes for this one as well. Next up, number nine, Disarm. This is a horse that For a very, very brief window in Saratoga, had there been a Kentucky Derby future book, a horse that would have probably been at the top of of the market there. There was a lot of chatter after that uh, maiden win. The race didn't end up being very productive in terms of winners, but the figure has been frank. The horses who've come back um, have suggested that that 86 Uh, You know, and as an August two-year-old figure, that's very strong. This is the gun runner. Tap cross. We'll probably talk about a few times. I mean, this horse, to state the obvious, major player if he's trained on. uh, But the word if doing a lot of work in that sense.
1: Yeah, one work coming back. So a lot of uh, real estate ahead of him in terms of maybe getting to a one other than in advance of a stake try. don't think they're going to really have the time to do that unless this is a one-shot one deal, right? They'll have one prep in order to get him enough points to get there. You can probably maybe see him getting to a race like the Rebel. Um, I'm sorry, the Rebel is earlier than he used to be, so it's probably not. Um, you know, maybe a backdoor type that looks to the New Mexico route, or something like that but um it, it's given the, the representation winchell thoroughbreds has i don't think they're going to push disarm to get there but you know no doubt about it pete his maiden win was very very impressive it didn't come back uh, coming out of it as impressive as it as i thought it would be um it was whitney day there were a couple of two-year-old races that day look it was a good effort and it was a solid move forward for a horse that clearly has ability we'll see if he's able to get there in one piece
0: you make a good point like that, you know, a one it's it, that idea of a one prep derby with one start as a two, even by modern standards. That seems like it seems like quite the reach. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, one one allowance race, one one graded stake. That might be it. Let's go to WHNL, a horse that we talked about extensively after the REMS in a winner of two straight, both of which came on sloppy and sealed racetracks. I'll tell you what, there was magic in those blinkers because this horse has not only improved in his last two starts, but he is wildly outrunning his pedigree. I mean, this is as sprinty. And fast looking a pedigree as you're going to find for a horse that's now a grade two winner at nine furlong. So I'm very intrigued by uh, how he ends up shaking out. I'm a big fan of the West Pace's racing silks as well. They're a very, they're a very announcer friendly pair of silks with their <laughs> orange and white stripes and blue sleeves. So, you know, all kidding aside, this is a horse who ran well last time out and Arctic Arrogance did nothing to, to make him look bad. Um, I think he is going to take the New York route there and run in the Withers in 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 advance of the Wood Memorial. So I will admit I'm intrigued by
0: WHNL. I think we can put all the Remsen as a negative uh, key race chatter to, to bed after last year. I mean, it's impressive when a horse can do what this horse has done. Two straight wins in the slop, big improving figure pattern. I mean, this horse looks like you know, forty to one or so shot from here for a race like the Derby, and that's 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 not nothing from from this far out. Let's talk about another one of the uh, Asmussen runners that made a splash at Saratoga. Number eleven, Echo again. This is another Gunrunner tap at Cross. This horse is yet to run back to that first race in terms of how impressive it looked. Two L's at short prices. And really you look, looking at the pedigree, if it wasn't Kentucky Derby season, I'd be just saying, turn back, turn back, turn back. So, you know, Derby fever does stuff to people though. So, so, so who knows? Am I under, am I underrating this one or do you, do you see it similarly? So
1: the interesting thing about Echo again, is he was in a route on the main track at Churchill that ended up getting stopped in the middle of the race. And he was well in front and cruising. And so coming out of that, you felt like, okay, well, maybe Echo again can go along. And then he had this incredibly underwhelming performance at Remington, which is not only a place where Steve Asmussen has probably won, you know, 10 plus training titles. Um, You know, he lost to Wild Atlantic Storm, who wasn't exactly on anybody's radar as a potential derby horse. So. It was a it it was a mediocre effort. And now the LeCompte feels like it's really, really important. You know, I got called to nambi, Pamby and other things on Twitter after his debut because I was not bowled over by it. I thought that field was terrible. Um, Combined coming out of there, there's one win. Summon Your Courage is still a maiden. He is a horse that just lost and got a 75 time from U.S. figure at Turfway. So, and I also felt like Echo, again, really got the best of it on the front end. Um, 22 and two going six and a half furlongs at Saratoga is walking. So I think he's
0: dressed up. Not for me. I agree. I'm in your camp. I think it cutbacks in order. All right. We'll let you continue. You mentioned uh, the Winchell camp before. This is an interesting representative from it.
1: Yeah, the other EA horse from Winchell Thoroughbreds, is Extra and Yeho, who uh, some idiot made four to one on debut on the morning line at Keeneland, only for the $1.35 million purchase to just run off the screen. Um, this is a horse that, you know, I, I don't do much as far as looks and, and things like that. Confirmation, you know, confirmation to me is the, the third sacrament that you go through. I don't know much about it. But <laughs> this horse obviously has an incredible look to him because his pedigree is not worth 1.35 million. It's a turfy damn side. It, I know he's an into mischief that's a lot of money for a colt and this is an outfit that is really not known for paying exorbitant sums of money well he ran to it i mean he was outstanding that is not a race that's come back um as particularly productive either but it's one of those situations where i don't even know how much it matters because he ran fast he didn't exactly have anything that, that went his way that you could attribute to a you know a lucky type of trip the problem with him is that they started training him after his debut they stopped and now they're trying to start again so he's clearly a horse with some issues and I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up being a really significant late season player though. Asmussen says he is slated to get going again
0: soon. Yeah. A lot of these are possible summer horses. This one, I, I will just echo everything you said. I mean, I clearly, cl- yeah, clearly a horse that, uh, that, that, physically has impressed a lot of industry people and was terrific on debut. And it's one of those things, and and you could make this case about echo again as well, but I think it's more appropriate in the extra and Yeho case. Cause it, cause uh, we've seen other form from echo again, since when you win by seven geared down, I'm less concerned about the fact that four of the five to run back, I've seen figure regression, you know? So, so because there's going to be so much time between those starts. And I mean, th- th- there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on here with this horse that ran that a 92 buyer under those circumstances looks to me, you know, the 20 to one or so that this horse probably will end up being, ah, it's still probably too short, not because of ability, but just because of all the, the attended questions. Let's talk about a horse that I feel like in the past, Nick, would be a much bigger favorite than he is right now. And that's a forte. This horse has a sparkling resume in traditional terms for what makes a mid-January Kentucky Derby future favorite. We're dealing with a two-year-old champ, experience at class edge, four victories, three grade ones, a form of that juvenile looking excellent, verifying uh, just the latest example of that. This horse is bred to go longer, I think, in the right hands. I wouldn't blame anybody who took 10 to 1 right now on this horse, honestly. I mean, I'm not cutting in line to bet it, but, and there's so many with upside but I mean, this this horse, I just feel like so comparatively just such a known commodity and has that foundation that we used to look for in Kentucky Derby potential runners before sort of the world changed in the last 10, 15 years about the type of conditioning and pedigrees even that that win this race. Where, where do you stand with Forte at this point?
1: Yeah, got a little Rodney Dangerfield to him, right? Three straight grade one wins, never less than four to one. and um, And really just sort of you know, one of the more decorated two-year-old champions that we've seen in the last 10 years, him and game winner Nyquist were horses that won multiple grade ones, including uh, with their third one being the juvenile. So, you know, I don't, I I wonder what it is about him that just doesn't really draw the public to him. And it does feel like, you know, probably 12 to one or so is a fair price. There's clearly an element of this Kentucky Derby future wager that we've not touched on, which is that one trainer's horses are not part of the of the betting field um, and, and he has a lot of them so that probably contributes a little bit to the price and maybe drives the field's price down a little bit more so if you like Forte you're going to get more value but um, yeah he's he's the among the fastest horses in in the group if not the fastest he's got what looks like it would be a an ideal type of running style and that he's an off the pace type but he's not a plotter And I'm not going to argue with anybody that wants to take a big stand on Forte at this point. He's a deserving champion. And right now he's wearing
0: the crown. Brad Cox has so many of these kind of an interesting one, maybe that we are going to lead us in discussion of next
1: yeah giant mischief a son of into mischief who probably surprised brad a little bit and this uh, ownership group with his win in the maiden event at indiana at uh, horseshoe indianapolis where he won it 13 to 10 and really just exploded late after he got into some trouble going into the turn um and came back and it, it was his second start that really was the eye opener because he beat the, the well fancied arabian lion with a slick rail run under florent geroux his springboard mile was a little bit it wasn't disappointing. It was not expected because he was expected to win. He was four to five. He had a brutal trip, got out of the gate poorly, um, didn't have much go his way along the way. Another horse who's out running his pedigree, Vertical Oak, was a very nice sprinter for the Robisons and Steve Asmussen about uh, five, six, seven years ago. Um, he's going to the Rebel. I don't know how far this horse wants to go, Pete. I think he might be. he might be the type that just runs – it runs his heart out a couple of times on the trail and then he we see him in the pat day mile
0: yeah that's not a bad call at all based on uh, based on what we've seen i just was very inclined to be forgiving the last day because of as you mentioned the trip and also the fact that that was a pace that really held together this was the this was the closer the only closer that that uh, that got involved and you got to give
1: him one shot as as a three-year-old you've got to give him yeah. one shot in a graded stake if he runs in the money
0: you're probably giving him another shot you you, you owe it to him I do not hate the idea if I mean 40 to 1 on the morning line is just the price right but like this is a horse I could feel I could get lost somewhere you know maybe in an international book where you could do like an each way type bet if you could get 100 this would be the kind, which I wouldn't rule out at all, given the the depth of the of the of the field. This is a I'm just a little bit interested to see what happens with this horse, even though your call about distance getting in the way uh, might be a little bit more realistic. I just uh, there's, there's something about this horse that intrigues me a little bit at this stage. Let's talk about number fifteen, Gulfport Speedy Sort, who always gets hammered at the windows. On the bare form, another one just looks like might be better going shorter to me, though the Arden supporters, and they're obviously out there from the way this horse gets bet, may want to give another try going longer just because of the slop in the champagne. But I think I'm going to take the cynical view. Best figure was that 91 back in July going six. Turn him back, let him roll is what I think.
1: Yeah, likely a horse who was ahead of the curve. And, you know, it goes to show you how much support the public ends up giving a lot of these early season winners. Um, felt like Gulfport probably was the, uh, you know, the quintessential ninth grader playing sixth grade basketball for a while. <laughs> and so he kind of stuck out. And once the, once the pack caught up to him, uh, he was a little underwhelming in each of his last two starts. One excuse, a couple of wet tracks, maybe not a wet track type. Um, He's got two workouts on the comeback trail. So probably a horse we're going to look at around risen star time.
0: That makes perfect sense to me. More Asmussen up, up next, Nick, and I'll let you start.
1: Gun Pilot, a son of Gun Runner, one of numerous Gun Runners that Steve Asmussen has in his barn. This one was an impressive maiden winner at Churchill back in November. Came back to be second in that allowance race against Verifying, which you and I talked about pretty extensively earlier in the week. Uh, good pedigree here, no doubt about it. Three Chimneys, homebred, looks like a horse with some upside. Doesn't really look like at this point he's scaring anybody out of a Derby Trail race. So you know, it's it's it, he's only got two starts, right? So his next start is going to be incredibly important.
0: Yeah, so much, uh, so much upside, so many questions. The second to verifying being the claim to fame. Of course, that was with Lasix. I'll just note that I love this Blood Gun Runner by a Smart Strike Dam. Uh, really interesting, but you know, another just with with so many questions. We'll see what happens. I don't have a ton to say about number seventeen, Hit Show, though I do kind of enjoy the name. Uh, more Brad Cox uh, quality here, progressive allowance type, but you know, needs to get faster to be like seriously in this conversation but when you have um nearly 40 horses to talk about certainly deserves the spot in the pack yeah i I
1: actually i'll admit i'm intrigued by this horse i I think there's a real excuse for his effort to back um florent got him a little out of position it was a very pace dominated race confidence came wired rocket ken was close the whole way came back with a very nice effort albeit first time lasix still slow gonna need to get better might be more of a long-term project Uh, The damn actress won the comely and uh, ended up running in the Houston Ladies Classic. She was trained by the now disgraced Jason Service um, and and is a horse that uh, that was good, good distance wise. So I do think that there might be some long term upside in hit show. He's just going to have to improve fast.
0: This next Cox runner is one that I think will be on a lot of people's lists. I'm very curious to get your take because he's shown so much talent. But, you know, another that just in the speed figure department might be a little bit lacking.
1: So really, you know, test my Kentucky Jockey Club theory, right? Because if you believed that the closers were at an advantage, I guess nobody had more of an advantage than Instant Coffee, who had ran very impressively on debut, um, running a figure that was much better, running a final time that was much faster than his fellow two-year-olds on the same card on closing weekend at Saratoga. And, you know, the Breeders' Futurity was not a bad effort by any means, maybe a little too much too soon. and And then I thought he came back and validated – his good debut win in the Kentucky Jockey Club so you know you're you're really tuned into LaCom tomorrow to see how this horse runs that's that's really you know the one thing that sticks out above all because he looks like potential wise i mean it could be he could have very very
0: serious potential and if he does he'll show it right away that point about the Kentucky jockey club and trying to figure out what was going on there is, is such a good one. And it makes the Lecompte a little hard for me to confidently find a betting because I could just argue the instant coffee run in there out of both sides of my mouth, like kind of all day long, you know, you could say maybe flattered by being invited into the race, maybe had ideal conditions to lay down that very fast late pace figure you can see on the brisk scale there. And it wasn't like an easy trip. But it might be that that overall dynamic of being invited in the race made it easier to overcome the odd position he was in than it would have been in a truly run race. We'll have a lot more clues tomorrow as it pertains to instant coffee and uh, the rest of the runners, not only in the LeCompte, but maybe coming out of the Kentucky Jockey Club as well. Number 19, Jace's Road, we talked about a little bit before, the one who's been working with Corona Bolt, won the gun runner with a real easy trip. But another case where it was a solid time and did so wrapped up. And a horse, when you look at these PPs, you can see in the old days, you'd say, oh, well, this horse has some good foundation. What do you think his potential is for uh, West Point and, uh, and the Avos? I guess hate slot maybe is the story. That's that's the, the rationale
1: for the, the, I mean, he lost his mind a little bit before the street sense. Anyway, I thought he had a pretty easy trip in the gun runner on the front end, but look, horses like this are going to make their own trip more often than not. So I think I'd be careful about dismissing him too readily, but I would also have a hard time truly embracing him fully because uh, he has to show that he can win and run at a high level without circumstances really being in his favor um he did run well in the Iroquois all things considered I mean that pace was very very strong he was the only horse who stayed on you know scroll up and look at echo against pps that pace absolutely slaughtered him so I think this is a horse with some upside no doubt about it he's got some ability I just
0: I want to see him do it with a little adversity I think that's fair you tipped your hand about this next runner you're going to lead the discussion of uh, when we talked about him earlier in the week yeah, recent maiden winner
1: Kings Barnes, who scored on debut back on Saturday at Gulfstream, did it in a fast-paced race. He was close the whole way. I'll tell you what, his brisnet running line looks really, really good, especially uh, in comparison to his buyer figure. Just a buyer figure of 74, but the brisnet number 95. I'll be intrigued to see what kind of thoroughgraph number we see. This feels like a performance that's really pace-oriented. He got a 99-time form U.S., um, the, the pace again was strong early. This horse was very mature. He was stuck behind horses. He was in a little tight. He ended up getting a path. You and I talked on Tuesday about how the second and third place finishers came from the backfield. So it was a good race when you stack it up and look at it at, at any type of breakdown in terms of, uh, of race flow and things like that. The pedigree is interesting. Dam is a half to gossip girl who was a grade one winner at 10 furlongs for Tom Albertrani. It was on the turf, but still this is a horse with some distance in his pedigree. Degree, part of the reason why they went for 800k i'll admit I, I i find this horse
0: very intriguing i'll keep an eye on what happens in the market with this one because of that low buyer figure and that's really interesting to see the time form better the brisnet better still if you try to compare them apples to apples if this horse is 100 to one or so like i wouldn't blame anybody who took a flyer just given the hands uh he's in what do you think is gonna are you shaking your head that that'll never happen or or
1: no, I'm saying he's a great bet. I mean, 40 bucks at 100 to one. I don't see any
0: reason why you wouldn't want to do that. Let's talk about number 21, Litigate. Uh, this horse second to Cyclone Mischief. Um, horse to keep on the radar. Could improve with more ground, given the stout pedigree with Blame and and Mineshaft in there. I don't have much else to say other than that. Probably not one I'm interested in in pouncing on on now. But but another horse I could I could listen to a case for. It's just it's it's hard. It's hard for me to make the exact argument why the form's going to get reversed with Cyclone Mischief. But, you know, again, w- w- one could one could try that.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're trying to figure out how to make up six lengths on a 40-to-1 shot in this pool, then you're probably talking about a horse that's got a lot, little too much work to do. Maybe one that ends up being better going shorter, too, based on that good debut. Next yep. up on our list is Loggins, who uh, is a horse that admittedly, and, and Pete and I, full disclosure, do have some connection – To part of the connections. This is a horse that is probably not likely to make the Derby. Um, He is a horse that's been given Marcus Hirsch asked Brad Cox about him recently, and he is hopeful to get him back in training in the next 30 days. So that does not augur well for his uh, ability to make this race. uh, talking about loggins the horse i mean pete and i are going to gush about loggins the horse he's a horse who ran very well on debut in a productive race came back and ran the best race by a mile in the breeders Saturday. i don't know where loggins will surface again pete but
0: when he does i'm i can't wait to see how he runs yeah you you said it all there given the trips so such a terrific run last out good form coming out of that going to need some major luck to to make the Derby. But uh, as we said before, looks like an interesting summer horse. Another horse we've talked about recently on the shows is number 23, Lugan Knight, tenacious in victory in the Jerome, which also gave that form boost to a victory formation who we'll get to. Have to say, look kind of small and sprinty on TV and Michael McCarthy, the tra- excellent trainer, has voiced some uncertainty about how far this one wants to go. So I don't think I would be betting at this point, but but a cool, tough horse who I think will be heard from this season.
1: Yeah, major credit to the Connections, who were super realistic coming out of that race. They were like giving, giving every reason in the world why they didn't want to run him any farther. So uh, you have to appreciate anybody that even, even the Connections that just won a Kentucky Derby points race, talking about how they – don't really have derby dreams um i think they're being realistic i think they're going to do what's right for him and uh he was as you said he was tenacious in victory in the jerome very game holding off arctic arrogance you know just might end up being a really nice horse around one turn
0: yeah and if they if they, if he wins again next time if he drags him to the derby he'll go it's not like he doesn't deserve his place in this market but you know big 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 price uh big price for sure as no doubt about
1: it. N- Next up is Practical Move, who is, uh, has a really turfy dam side pedigree. Recent Los Alamitos Futurity winner, they ended up breeding that turfy dam, of course, to one of the worst turf influ- influences in Kentucky right now in Practical Joke. Um, but this is a horse who put it all together in the Los South Futurity. Beat the three-headed monster from Bob Baffert's barn in there going away. He broke his maiden via disqualification. You know, one thing you can say about this horse is take a look at those running lines. Cave Rock, National Treasure, having a meltdown, Newgate. He has faced the absolute best out West at that time to- given time. You know, it seems like Bob Baffert's arsenal gets replenished every few weeks. But um, he is battle-tested. He has now run his two best races in my opinion going long so you know a long way from being a real derby contender but definitely a horse that uh, that has a little intrigue to him
0: that low south futurity is another one where you got a lot of figure disagreement big fat brist number staring you in the face there <laughs> came back in 88 on the buyer speed figure scale so i'm tempted to take a wait and see approach but you're making some some rock solid points about this one saffy joseph jr uh, gets a call with number twenty-five Prairie Hawk, this runner who is uh won two in a row, including that Tampa allowance race the last day, and uh, presumably will be seen down there next. Um, you know, certainly has a bit to find and figures in form with the best of these we're talking about. D- do you see anything in this one to highlight?
1: No, the story of that Tampa allowance win was that he beat a couple of, uh, of a fan- well backed fancied uh, Todd Fletcher. Three-year-olds that had one had just broken his maiden, um, and you know somebody kind of had to win there. His the Brisnet figure progression looks a lot better than the Buyer Speed figure progression. He's went from fifty-one to seventy to eighty, so still pretty slow. Um, but a horse that that you know has some ability, maybe long-term might uh, might move forward. But at this point, it's hard to hard to endorse.
0: Yeah, Lasix probably helped there. And looking at Bris, look just to be able to control things and 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 finish. And yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that one finished well enough at least let's go on to recruiter the uh, florida bred who is four for four having
1: won the parks juvenile last time out at parks back on january 3rd cal lynch trainee will go around two turns presumably in his next start not sure where that's going to be perhaps a race like the withers uh, given that lynch is based in the mid-atlantic you would be a shorter ship up to uh to aqueduct to run in there maybe a maryland backdoor for a race or two maybe the private terms in advance of the uh, the Tesio and, and a look towards the preakness but uh, recruiter looks like a nice sprinter to me
0: yeah that's that, that, that i don't really have anything to add whatsoever number 27 is rocket can for bill mott this horse who uh You know, didn't look like uh, we'd be talking about him for the Derby at all after the two Saratoga runs, but has uh, improved somewhat mightily since then. Can he keep improving? Can he be a player in this trail for uh, the Fletcher operation?
1: I'll tell you what, for what it's worth, this horse has the best damn side pedigree for distance of any of these horses. He is really bred on the damn side to go long. Um, There's a. a lot of, of when you dig deeper into it, there's a lot of distance pedigree here. So he is a horse that unsurprisingly got a lot better when they sent him long. If you remember, there was some chatter about this horse prior to his debut. He went off five to one in the face of arm in that Whitney day, uh, uh maiden race and disarm was nine to five in there so you know there was there was a lot of money on him he probably got the wrong trip going seven eights and second asking and then boom he got a lot better very quickly i still think there's upside here and i'm intrigued by uh by seeing where he ends up running next uh maybe a sam davis horse we've seen bill Mott do that in the past yeah. he wanted a few years ago so uh I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put a few a few shackles on uh, rocket can it probably will end up being hundred plus to one.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's
1: a compelling case for a horse is going to be a very big price. No doubt about it. Let's go to Shesterkin second time starter who uh, scored on debut, not as the favorite, a rare Todd Pletcher first time starter who won at Gulfstream. That was not favored. son of violence now goes, will presumably go long in his next start. Not sure the quality of
0: that field, but he seemed to do it the right way. Pete, yeah, I mean, of so many of these horses, so many of the recent maiden winners. That's one of the categories in the Eric DeCoster piece. It's very hard to, you know, come up with any prediction about what's going to happen next. But uh, this one did what you'd want to see on debut. Certainly in the right hands to uh, to continue to be heard from. We'll see where they turn up next. Has there been any chatter about what they're what they're going to do? Do you think they're going to look for an allowance race or go into the deep end of the pool? I wonder, you
1: know, there aren't usually an abundance of one other than the Gulfstream for three or straight three years because they want you running the stakes. Yeah. So you know, they they probably uh, might try and take a slightly more conservative route. I wouldn't be shocked to see him at Tampa, um, you know, maybe in advance of a a couple opportunities after that. But um, I I would say, you know, they'll probably look to something around early to mid-February.
0: Twenty-nine is another one of these maiden winners recently. Shoppers Revenge, who uh, won in wire-to-wire fashion at uh, at Oaklawn, and you know was able to do that with the benefit of Lasix. Yeah, you know, I sort of throw up my hands with this one. Another just more questions, more questions than answers. And boy, is Tappet well represented in this uh, in this Derby future pool. He sure
1: is. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about damn side pedigrees. I mean, this horse is out of stop charging Maria who won the Breeders' Cup Distaff and the Alabama. So a lot of reason to believe that, that he's going to be good going longer. Also, uh, the dam is a half to Vindictive who finished second in the Pimlico Special back in 2022, which is a mile and three sixteenths race. This is a horse who had nothing go his way on debut. He had everything go his way second time out and he ran off the screen. So, you know, it's just going to become a question of, did it have to do with the lead? Did it have to do with the Lasix? Did it have to do with experience? We'll find out in his next start. Next up on the list, we have Signator for Shug McGahee, who is uh, by Tappet out of the Mare Pension. He was an impressive second out maiden winner after checking in second on debut. Feels like a horse that the public is just going to lap up wherever they land next. In fact, the uh, morning line here sort of indicates that this horse is slow and he's 40 to one on the morning line is half the price. Of horses that have run decidedly better than him um not for me pete
0: yeah it's it's always a little bit hard when the you know the mcgahey runners they they catch money they're easy to dream on this pedigree is very very easy to dream on need to wait and see but i mean boy for this horse to be bet the way he's been and it is two starts I, it wouldn't shock me at all if there's more under the hood i just don't need to pay to to find out at this point number 31 is sun thunder for uh for kenny mcpeak recently won by uh, by six and a half at Oaklawn park as well another horse you know looks has profile very very similar to a lot of these and you know they they it seems like every horse in this race we either have some tappet blood some uh some into mischief blood or or a little bit of both this is another son of uh, in, into mischief you know going to be a three-figure price in this pool i don't see a reason to pounce yet but you don't have to be right too often when you're betting horses at numbers like that
1: yeah, if you could bet some trifectas with him, in third, that'd probably be the, the best thing. He looks like a, a huge clunk up type, but good improvement at second asking obviously needs to improve quite a bit. But hey, if I said nice things about Shopper's Revenge, I shouldn't be uh, too critical of Sun Thunder.
0: Similar type form. Another one who's running this weekend up next.
1: Tappet Shoes, one of the two uh Tappet runners that we're going to talk about among the next three. He has entered in the one other than tomorrow on the LeCompte card, a half-brother of uh, 2022 Haskell Invitational and Arkansas Derby winner Cyberknife. Was uh, very impressive at second asking. Improved quite a bit on any measurable speed figure. Improved 20 points in time form U.S., 22 on the buyer speed figure scale. So we'll see if Tappet Shoes has another forward move in him tomorrow.
0: Nothing to add there. We'll just go right to the other one going to be turning up in that allowance race. Number 33, Tappet Trice. This horse, uh, a much narrower maiden winner the last day. This one at Aqueduct in a, in a, but you know, the figure came back pretty strong for a, for a late season two-year-old figure, at least uh, looking at the briss scale here, all, all to find out, um, you know, just like so many of these, uh, not going to argue too much if you're, if you're in the boat, but I mean, at 30 to one of the morning line, if that, if that guess is right, I just think there's probably more appealing options elsewhere in this uh, pool.
1: Yeah, after his uh, maiden win last time out, I kind of penciled him in in my head as a, as Pletcher's Derby, or as Pletcher's Belmont horse. Um, just a really grindy, very hard-trying horse. Um, the damn Donza was a really nice router who won some stakes races, ended up in the care of, uh, of Steve Asmussen. So I believe we're going to see Tapitriche next in the Withers. Tappet's Conquest is the other Tappet that is going to be in the allowance race tomorrow at uh at, at fairgrounds so of course you know keep an eye on those three horses running in the ninth and the allowance and then the couple of horses in this pool that are in the Lacomp. tappet's conquest was uh, a lot like his stablemate tappet shoes ran a, a very strong race at second asking now he didn't run he ran really well on debut also. So it was a matter of him not really taking much of a step forward, but he came out of a good-looking maiden race at Saratoga. Full Moon Madness came right back and won his next start. Powerful ultimately was a, became a stakes winner at Churchill Downs as well. I'm a, a little skeptical as to how good Tappet's Conquest is, and I mean, I think he's 9-2 to two on the morning line in the allowance race tomorrow, so he's still got a lot to
0: prove. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the 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 others we've talked about from there might make a little bit more uh, intrigue. Let's talk about number 35 Two Fills. This is a horse that uh, Eric DeCoster made a, a bit of an interesting uh, a bit of an interesting case for coming out of that very dominant street sense victory. That was in the slop. Can this horse replicate a figure like that on uh, on the dry, do you think?
1: Uh going to be the real question, right? I mean, it's a is a horse from a high percentage barn. He's been kind of Gingerly campaign now, having been given some time off. Uh, you know, you wonder how, how how will the slop affect him? How will he uh t- whether he'll take a step forward as a three year old because his two year old races were good, they weren't great, and, and he'll need to get a little bit better.
0: Next mm-hmm. up, we have
1: Verifying, who is the son of Justify, the twenty eighteen. Kentucky Derby winner. This one is a half to Midnight Bizu. We talked extensively about verifying back on Tuesday with his big maiden win last week. I know Pete and I discussed the topic of whether Lasix may have moved verifying forward. So our, our buy, sell, hold on
0: verifying at 50 to 1. Ooh, that's a fun, that's a fun game. I think I'm buying because I think there's enough question that that figure should be faster. Did you think did you think did you have any chance to look at that at that figure and whether and, and come up with some guess as a figure maker yourself at times what you would have made it? So pace wise,
1: he was not. It is a so unlike Kings Barnes, it is a pace ugly figure. So uh, Kings Barnes is a pace pretty figure. And and so this was not a fast paced race. And so he he took the worst of it figure wise on the brisnet number on the uh, time form US number. But his buyer figure is huge. So um, looks like the buyer figure, you know, that's Randy Moss playing it straight as far as, as final time figures go. Um, it def- definitely erased the memory of his poor Breeders' Cup juvenile run, and, and maybe he's a horse that's taken a big step forward as a three-year-old. Again, his next race is going to be very, very important.
0: And Lasix off, presumably, right? Lasix
1: off, presumably, if it's in a derby prep, yep.
0: Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be – I'd be interested. Answer your own question, 50-1 to by Saul Holt
1: uh, I'm a sell at 50 to one need one more. Gotcha. Yeah, a little big. bit more, a little bit more price.
0: <laughs> 37 is victory formation who we have, uh, touched on coming out of that smarty Jones win and has been, had this form franked in, in several places. Another one where there's some disagreement about the, uh, the figures, no tap it this time in the, in the first line of the pedigree. You, you got to go back to the, uh, to the, to the, to the sire of the sire. Who's tap in this case. I think this horse is intriguing. I don't think I'm buying it uh, 30 to one this time around, but certainly if I was making a short list of three-year-olds whose next starts, I'm most excited to see victory formation is, is going to be somewhere in the, in the top five.
1: Yeah, the concern is that he's going to land in a race loaded with speed and it's going to be a lot harder for him. But um, this is a horse I think that's it's pretty clear they have high hopes for and they should. Right. I mean, he's three for three. He was tremendously game in winning that one other than two back over Lugan Knight and then came back with an improved performance. So feels like a horse where kind of the sky's the limit.
0: He's finished OK enough that I was hoping he wasn't a need the lead type. That was sort of baked into my excitement about it. But you think there's a chance he he really needs to be there?
1: He might Well, he's probably a horse that's going to be better with the lead, like most speed horses. And I just wonder, you know, when we get to that first opportunity where he sees a little adversity, if he'll end up being quite the same. The uh, final of the 38 runners entered in the pool is Wild Atlantic Storm, uh, who is currently stabled at Sam Houston. So I should let everybody know this horse has been given 30 days off. So he is very, very unlikely to make the Kentucky Derby, which is a shame because Ray Ashford is a small time trainer who does a really good job. and, um, And this is a horse that... He's probably been waiting for the good thing is that I think he'll have some opportunities later in the year. He stretched out effectively when he won the springboard mile last time out a uh, a Jim Jorgensen, Iowa homebred, pretty tough, not to, not to root for the underdog in this spot, but hopefully he'll get well uh, pretty quickly. But again, as of earlier this week, according to Mary Rampolini's story, he will be given 30 days off.
0: Let's uh, move on to these last two uh, categories that we have. Eric DeCoster on the website once again does a good job of breaking down who who we're really dealing with in these. And we'll start with 39, the three-year-old Phillies category. Um, who, who do you think is the most interesting runner to potentially uh, to potentially come in this group?
1: Who there were a couple of two-year-old Phillies that looked good last year that ran fast figures. One got hurt, prank. And one was Money's Gold, who is coming back, I think, today for Todd Pletcher. I don't get the Wonder Wheel chatter at all. Um, I think Mark Cassie is an incredible, does an incredible job as his own publicist and um and says things like that so that people talk about his horses. Um, she would get drowned in a one other then for for uh Phillies right now. So I don't I don't see her really having much of a shot. And I, I've seen some chatter on Who's Your Philly as well. Uh, maybe that means that Tom Amos is pretty fond of Curly Jack but uh yeah I don't I don't I don't think
0: a Philly's going to have much of a chance this year the numbers don't seem to to justify it now the other category the all others this includes the entire um this includes the entire uh, Baffert flotilla which would be led by uh, by Cave Rock but you know far from the only one you've got big figures from Hijazi Arabian Night National Treasure Reincarnate Newgate what I mean it's a very hard question but what price is appropriate for for this for this category this year I mean this will be the favorite you got to figure sizably but how how short
1: even money probably um somewhere around there yeah I mean you're talking about a lot of horses right. and um and you <laughs> You know, it's sort of like, the, is the public being done a disservice by, you know, betting some of these other horses whose prices probably are higher because the field is going to go low? Historically, and prior to the last few years, this was the first pool and the field was always an enormous favorite. You know, there wasn't usually a fall Derby future wager. Churchill's done an amazing job making the Derby basically a year round conversation and and starting it in the fall. So, yeah, I mean, knowing all the the power that he has out there, it's pretty tough not to envision the field as a as a very very heavy favorite,
0: it, and it makes me think as we get to our conclusion here that the funny and I could be dead wrong and the price will tell us, but there might be a funny wise guy play, like anti wise guy wise guy play on a horse like Forte in this pool if they go nuts betting the this, this all others and you really can get. I do not. I'm. I'll, I'm probably going to draw the line at ten to one. I probably don't need to to go shorter. But that might be my answer to the to the question of you know I'm not eligible, obviously, to win the free bet if you put your pick here on the comments on YouTube. But I might I might go for that if you could get ten to one. Uh, where Where would you go if I made you pick one of these, or if I gave you the opportunity, I should say, to pick one of these? Where would you Where would you head?
1: Oh, I'd take one of the horses that was eighty to one or better. Um, you know, knowing that I have sort of I'm I'm at least double to triple the price of them even getting there. Um, you know, I don't, my personal opinion on Forte is that the pack's going to catch up to him. I don't think, I don't think he has the dynamic style, the brilliance that you need in order to be a fast two-year-old to go forward as a three-year-old. You know, Nyquist comes to mind, having been an undefeated two-year-old Forte's not undefeated, but you know, having been an undefeated two-year-old that went on as a three-year-old and was at least good enough to win the Derby, he was a speed horse that kind of he he could bring his racetrack with him. You know, he he didn't ma- He didn't need to bring his racetrack with him. Rather, he could do anything. And Forte just doesn't seem like that type. I get the feeling that he's going to lose one of his two preps, and he's probably going to be about twelve to one in the Derby. Yeah, that's so fair. I'd let him run once and then sort of reassess. Uh, Kings Barnes was one you mentioned. Who else would be on your? Short? Kings Barnes, Rocket Ken. Um, they would be Shoppers. Conquest would be my uh, Shoppers Revenge. Rather would be my three that I would consider at, at eighty to one or better.
0: My my longer shot. Um, you know, I got to give gotta give something here. That's uh, that's a little bit more uh, of a price. Giant mischief. If the price is big enough, I I could see uh, going in that uh, going in that direction as well. All right. We're going to wrap the YouTube portion of the show. If you're listening on audio, we're going to go to a break and be right back with the Golden Hour uh, Pick 4 analysis. We encourage folks to check us out wherever you get your podcast. Nick, uh, thanks for the segment. I'll see you on the other side of the break. You bet, my friend. Talk to you soon. Play the first Coast to Coast Pick 5, featuring a sequence from Gulfstream Park in Florida and Santa Anita Park in California every Saturday and Sunday. Both the $1 minimum and 15% takeout are very player-friendly. Players can bet on track or online, usually listed as a separate track in your ADW. Just look for Coast to Coast Pick 5 in the drop-down. If you play on First Bet or Express Bet, you can get a free $10 bet on the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on select days. To participate, do not forget to register for the promotion. Get the Pick 5 sequence, expert analysis, free pass performances, and more at com slash coast. And be sure to check the podcast we'll be doing every Saturday and Sunday for this new special bet. That URL once again in the money podcast.com slash coast PTF and Nick back with you for a look at the Saturday golden hour pick four. We start off with Santa Anita's ninth race. Nick, how do you want to light this candle? You know, I
1: thought this was actually a pretty interesting race with an uh, expected race flow that definitely favors the way I try and, uh, and look at things. Um, I was intrigued by the nine top of my game. And one of the things that kind of came through to me in looking at this is that while this horse's last race was not particularly fast, in terms of buyer speed figure or time from us you got a thorough graph figure that makes him among the fastest horses in the field so i'm, I'm interested in, in if he might be able to sit back and make one run it looks like there's a lot of speed in here the horse to beat is the three army star who first off the claim for paula capestro came out west and scored his second straight win in rather easy fashion now looks to uh, to make it two in a row he, you know, for example, he got the same 13th paragraph figure the top of my game did. He's going to be about a fifth of the price. So I wanted to use both of those. I'm going to use Argentina Cries as well. I'm a little scared of uh, Peter Miller off the maiden win, this horse getting LASIKs so for the first time as well. Miller's 19%, 250 ROI, maiden winners last out in dirt sprints. And if I was reaching for a fourth horse, I would definitely use the three, five, and nine as main horses. One of my backups would be the eight crowning gold. First time Lasix off that runner-up finish behind Army Star. I thought maybe he took the worst of it, setting the pace on the inside and what was a pretty strong early tempo.
0: Nine, three, and five on the top line with the eight on the back line for you, if I got those numbers correct. That'll start it. Yeah, I like – I'm definitely going to be – using pressing army star i just like that last win attacking the hot pace from stalking position i think that's probably the trip here again uh, the form of the last race working out two, a uh, one winner another horse that equaled the fig and then two that didn't win but greatly surpassed the fig i thought the cutback suited you made the case already for top of my game who i thought was an includable closer definitely one to pay attention to for vertical players Thought could have been favored a bit by the flow last time, but might be able to be favored again, getting lay six, And I think, I, mean, I don't know what you think, but could be a double digit price too. Another thing I liked, one you didn't mention that I will. It's hard to know what to make of the two King Adrock coming off the thousand yard win at Los Al. But that was the first start off the bench and the first start as a gelding, a well thought of prior. I thought this was a horse that could win at a decent price. I was going to play at the three on the A-line and the two in the nine, As backups, I'll take another look at your other runners, too, as we head north to Golden Gate. And I'm going to make you uh, go first again here, Nick.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like a spot where you probably could get a little thin with the two OBs who uh, should rebound off the defeat last time out at two to five. I thought maybe he attacked the pace a little early that day. The pace was strong. However, the winner did go wire to wire, um, and he did get after him a little bit around the turn, got floated out off the turn, and ended up just kind of flopping around late. I I think that with the rider back on, who was aboard for the two victories, we're going to see a return to more of the, relaxed style that yielded some of his better efforts. I think there's enough speed between the one, three and four in here to set him up. So I'm going to loan a, the two and back up with the three and six.
0: All right. Two with three, six. I thought the horse that finished, I agree about the, the the two OBs, but I did think that the horse that finished ahead of him was worthy of inclusion again. Um Hot journey. This, that just based on that uh, basis, I thought made sense the big figure improvement there could have been due to uh could have been due to Lasix, which will be um in effect. Once again, that was my thought on that one. And then the, the other angle on the two OB is just to piggyback onto what you were saying. I just like the fact that this horse ran faster earlier without the final number dropping. I think there's more improvement to come and the horse doesn't really have to improve to win. I was going to try to lock it up two five for Nick. It was two on the a line and three and six on the backup. It was back actually down. three
1: and five on the backup. I, I was three and five
0: on backups. So I wrote the I wrote the number down wrong. Oh, okay, good. I was like, oh, did I say that wrong? But no, all right. So you're with me on uh, including Hot Journey. Then let's head back down south for the for Santa Anita's uh, final race. And I thought you could uh, get stuck into the 12 one of these days. Very unusual in the USA to see a horse ridden last time out by uh, Rachel Blackmore, known so much more for her uh, prominence on the jumps. I just thought there was a good form that the Irish form from this horse would stack up. I don't mind the outside draw down the hill. D'Amato the is so dangerous with these types. The breeding looks good for down the hill. you got a staying sire and then fast net rock for the required speed. Made a lot of sense. I thought just numerically the one and the five made sense as potential backups, but uh, was very interested in the 12 in this spot. What are your numbers?
1: Yeah, I, I see it very similarly. I was disappointed with Hawker's effort last time out. I liked him. He was overbet. You know, he had trouble in his turf debut. Those horses get overbet pretty frequently. Kazushi Kimura gave him a really good ride, and he tipped outside and just had nothing. It was a very underwhelming effort. I do think going to the hill is probably really going to benefit him. So he's a horse that um, that I-, I would say is a candidate for improvement. Didn't really love any of the firsters. So, yeah, ultimately I was in the, the boat of – Using the one, three, five, ten, twelve total, um, but probably focusing on the one, five, and twelve as A's, and um, and and using the other two as backups. So the three and ten. I talked last time about Valiancer was a horse that I liked, and when we were doing our podcast, and um, I still think he's probably more suited to being a route horse that shows speed than being a, a closing sprinter type. But he is getting lasix, and uh, it's been a nice start to his training career for Jeff Mullins Jr.
0: Let's wrap up with race number nine at Golden Gate. We've got these three-year-old Philly maiden claimers in a race with real anything can happen. Look, Nick, I'll ask you the key question. How are we going to get paid?
1: Boy, you know, this is a minefield to close it out because you want to trust the two get my point, but, you know, she's had dead aim on the front runners in two straight starts and just come up short. So you get a little concerned about whether she's going to have a little bit of refuser to her. The horse that's interesting to me is the seven Lucky Locket, And in watching Lucky Locket's debut back, uh, this filly took a lot of money. She went off seven to two in a 10 horse field, broke from the inside, got out of the gate poorly, ended up getting back into contention to some extent, coming off to turn it into the stretch. And when she really got impeded a little bit more than the eighth pole that steadied, it wasn't like a full steady, but her momentum got stopped and then her jockey just completely wrapped up on her. And so the the fact that she lost ground it um, is really irrelevant. So there was no effort made in the final hundred yards or so. Um, so I would say lucky locket is a real candidate to improve. You have to use the eight smile and profile who is uh, facing now maiden claimers face maiden claimers on debut, but against males. So I think there's every reason to believe that she could improve with the, the blinkers going on as well. So I'm going to close it out with the two, seven and eight. I'm going to back up with the three and nine. Um, I don't really fear anybody else all that much. I know the six Motown gal is kind of a short
0: price on the morning line. I did not like her last race at all. So I'm going to live and die with those. We're fairly similar, at least with our top pick here, the the number seven, Lucky Lockett. You made a great point about the trip. And just on the even more basic angle of, you know, I love these runners who catch money on debut and don't break. Tamayo, very good, uh, you know, overall, including second out. Going through a bit of a cold spell, but that actually might help the price with Lucky Locket, who could get uh, be a decent price in here. Uh, get my point. The Foreman Figures runner just doesn't inspire a ton of trust for the reasons you said. One I'll mention that you did not bring up is the 10, Where Did It Go?, Almost just by default as the stranger, the five times O'Neill and Rivera have teamed up. The horses have all been live. They've all been bet, um, which I think is interesting when now we're looking at a first-time starter here. Two of them won, you know, limited sample, but that's okay. Collected does all right on debut. And here's my reach, my big reach stat. Couldn't find much of the female pedigree. But the second dam did win on debut. In a race where I'm throwing up my hands, I don't want to get beat by the 10. Um I I also had listed as if I can afford them type backups, the eight and the nine, who you also mentioned. We were a little redundant on the show today. We had had a lot of the same opinions on this golden hour, but maybe that means we're right and we can make some money. going to be a good thing or a
1: bad thing. We'll find
0: out. (laughs) A lot of weight, a lot of weight. All right, Nick, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you also to our founding partners, 10 Strike Racing. And the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, of course, our friends at First. You heard the ad before. You can check out those separate shows. J.K. and I will be doing on the coast-to-coast pick fives, looking to get over the top and cash one of those. We'll be tweeting about that as well. Remember, if you want to win your free bet on the Kentucky Derby Future Pool, go over to our YouTube channel, In the Money Media, and leave that there. This show has been a production of In the Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kitchen. I'm Peter Thomas Fornitel. May you win all your photos!